Hey you, how are you? Can you hear my smile? I am smiling ear to ear. Happy, 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 happy new year. Oh my goodness, happy new year to you. I am so grateful um, to be back. I know I have been MIA for a little bit, almost like 90 days or so. Um, So yeah, I am so happy to be back and I wish you a happy new year. I'm sure by now, A bunch of people have wished you a happy new year, but I have not yet. So please register my greetings with, you know, all the ones that you've received thus far. Um, But happy new year. Oh my goodness, this year is poised to be a fantastic year for all of us. And if you did not get a chance to listen to the episode before this, why this year has the potential to be happy, then, you know, I'm encouraging you to listen to the episode right before this. But yeah, it's been a while, right? I took the time. I think I, I, I prepped us a little bit, but I took the time, um, at the end of the year to reflect and then the beginning of the year to get things right, right. To set the foundation for the rest of the year. And I, and I, I think I've said this before, but I will say it again, that I believe that that is probably the best way to end and begin a year. Um, It's important to look back and say, okay, what was good this year? What wasn't? And how, how do I go about making sure that I don't relive last year again? Because a lot of times we don't do that, right? We we just keep it going. Oh, happy new year. The ball drops in, in New York and we just keep it moving. And we already know, right, that if you continue doing the same things, expecting different results, then you're insane. Um, we say these things all the time, but we don't actually put them to action. So what happened in 2023 that I liked, that I didn't like? You know, what were the lessons learned in 23? What what were some of the things I said I would do, but didn't get to do, you know, and then also taking stock of what the Lord did, right? So what, what blessings, what miracles, what healings took place in 2023 that at the end of the year, I need to put all together and say, thank you to the Lord for it. So that to me is the best way to end the year. And that's why for me, watch night service is really a big deal. Like I do not play about watch night service. Don't invite me to no parties. Don't, don't even send me an invitation. I will be at watch night service. Um, because that's one place, you know, where, you're able to really take stock, take inventory and give God praise for what he's done, but then also set the, set the year, you know, at least on the beginning of the right course. Um, my church has an additional thing with, um, a goal setting workshop, like two Sundays before the two Fridays rather before the end of the year. So that was also something that I did as well. But I know that most churches, because before this church, I I had never been to one of those. So I know that most churches probably don't do that. But I think watch night service at, at the very least is something that you can do. I know a lot of churches do that, if not all. Um, And you, you take the time by yourself, whether your church does a workshop or not, take the time by yourself to, to, to sit with the year, sit with your thoughts, sit with um, what you hoped and what you didn't receive and what you did receive and all of that and make a list. And, you know, 
in conjunction with my old church. So I know I'm talking about a lot about churches. Um, my old church does something that I still do every year, and it's a three-day fast where we go for three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, it's not always Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It just depends. It's the last three days of the year regardless. So um, the 29th, 30th, and 31st of December every year. We eat our last meal on Thursday, and we don't eat again until Sunday, and Sunday after service. And it's hard. It's not. It's no joke. But I'm telling you, when you take away some of the things that we enjoy and we over enjoy, right? We overindulge. Um, it, it really puts you into a place to not only hear the Lord, um, but to receive, right? Your spirit opens up in a beautiful way. And it's not just because we're fasting, we're fasting, but then we're in this, my, 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 the church I'm talking about is in Maryland. So I have to log in via YouTube, but the people there are coming to service, you know, and so they're feeding their souls, um, feeding their spirits. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful time. And so it's not just fasting. I want to be very clear about that. Please don't just fast because that is typically, I mean, that's actually a hunger strike. Okay. You can fast all you want. If you're not praying, if you're not in your word, if you're not um, communicating and fellowshipping with believers, etc., then the likelihood that you're going to receive as much as you could have received is slim to none. So the last three days of the year, we go into this uh, three-day fast. And in that fast, you know, you hear from the Lord and you hear from the Lord in a way where you feel you you receive a word for, from him for your year. Um, and that's really where I want to end hope. Um is right there because nothing invigorates and excites your hope like hearing directly from the Lord. And so when we are praying and fasting in those last three days, and of course there's several segments of the word, several, several segments of prayer, uh, worship, all of those good things, breakout sessions and, you know, communicating and and fellowshipping with other believers. When you're in an environment like that, it's again, like I already said, it's very easy It's Well, let me say it's easier to hear from the Lord, to receive direction, to receive clarity, to receive guidance from the Lord. And so you go in there and and your aim and your hope is, Lord, give me my word for for next year. And so um, I got my word for next year. And like I already said, again, hope, hope starts. My pastor says something. He says faith starts where? The word where where the word of God begins. In other words, that when when the Lord speaks on a situation, then not only does your faith begin, but remember that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so when the Lord speaks on something, hope is invigorated. Hope comes alive. It's like a spark for your hope. And so that's the reason why when you are coming into a new year and 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 you don't know what that year holds, right? And maybe maybe last year wasn't so fantastic. Maybe out of the list of 12 things you wrote, only three were done, right? And so technically, right, that's a failing grade if you're looking at it like that. Um, but maybe some of the, the big key things you wanted for last year didn't happen. 
And so now you're coming into the new year and you're trying to muster up this hope, this faith, that, that, that great things are on the horizon and all of these things. But I'm telling you that your own personal word from the Lord, it's what's going to invigorate you and ignite excitement in you and hope, right? That expectation that great things are on the horizon for me based off of what the Lord said to me. So we go into this three-day fast, and by the time you come out, you should have your word. And I and I got my word. And so I was, of course, on cloud nine, believing that God was about to do something new. Then we go into watch night. We seal it all by saying, thank you, Lord, for the year. And then we start the year because, of course, watch night crosses over or crossover service. Some, some churches will call it. So watch night crosses over from December 31st into January 1st. So you literally quite literally start um, the year with the Lord. And so we start the year, with, we end 20, 2023 or the, the previous year with the Lord, thanking him. And then we begin the, the next year, 2024, um, with the Lord as well. So needless to say, Watch Night had me feeling like I could roll all through the church, right? Because I'm one of those people where uh, not everything on my list was done, not even half of the things that I was hoping for, praying for, etc. were done, but a couple were done, but not everything. And so I, I like, like I'm telling you, I was in that place where I'm just like, Lord, you know, I'm coming into a new year and there's excitement because it's a new year, but I'm also slightly jaded, right? Because of what happened in 2023 or what didn't happen in 2023. And if you're, if you're in a position like that, then it's very easy again to proliferate those feelings into the next year. And right. And because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he right. That your thought processes towards 2024 will manifest in 2024. Right. So if you think, yeah, 2024 is about to be a repeat of 2023, then yeah, it actually is going to be a repeat of 2023 because of what you professed and what you professed comes out of your heart and what comes out of your heart manifests in your actions, which causes you to actually redo the same things you did in 2023 in 2024, which causes again, that cycle that horrible, ugly cycle of doing the same things and getting the same results, even though your mind and your heart want something different. So we need a word. So crossover was over. And then right after crossover service um, at my church, we had what we call a prayer retreat. And it was my first time I've done so many retreats, but it was my first time doing this particular prayer retreat because my church doesn't do them all the time. And by the time my family and I joined our current church, um, we had just missed the retreat. And so I think we were two months, not two months, a few months post retreat by the time we joined. And, um, so we had to wait for the next one and there wasn't one last year. So there was one this year. Needless to say, we, we registered, we knew we wanted to be in the house, but we didn't know what to expect. And oh my goodness, we were, I mean, I was marvelously impacted. I'm sure that the, um, the teachings and the lessons learned from there will come up in other things that I do, um, on the podcast. So just, you know, be ready, be expectant. Hello. Um, but one of the things that was so beautiful about the retreat was, um, I have never been in a place where, um, prayer is so front and center, right? Where you can pray for six hours and actually be praying. 
And I know some of y'all faces, is, I can already see your eyebrows raised, your eyes bulging like six hours. Are you joking? And I'm not playing six hours, um, you know, hours on end of straight prayer. Because a lot of the retreats and the conferences that we typically do, they have prayer involved. But it definitely isn't these long stretches and long spans of prayer. Um, and I was just like, man. And I remember being in that prayer set and I think there was one that was like three hours or so and I remember being in that prayer set and I'm like wow Lord I'm not tired you know I was really pleased by by that because yeah normally speaking my mind would wander oh my goodness I have an overactive mind I say it to y'all all the time I really have a Hollywood mind in the sense that you know when I read stuff when I hear stuff I could be sitting down and my mind is thinking about a scene in a play that I want to write one day or you know something like that like my mind is never really at peace even though I can be you know typically quiet and so that 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 presents a struggle for me when I'm praying right um Um, the Lord has given me a few strategies over the years to overcome that because I really thought I was possessed. I'll be honest. And I know you guys are like, what I did. I thought I was possessed. I I thought I needed deliverance. And so I went to someone like, I need you to pray for me because every time I want to pray, my mind starts wandering. I start doing all manner of things. I start thinking about my shopping list, thinking about what I got to do, thinking about my to-do list, thinking about my children, thinking about this and that and this and that. And I cannot focus and I cannot pray, you know, or I'm I'm tuned in right to a message, totally locked in, receiving everything I want to receive. It's all going in. And then they say, let's stand up and pray. And all of a sudden I'm yawning, right? I am um, now my mind is wandering. Like I said, you know, just all manner of things. So I'm like, yeah, this is demonic. Something is wrong with me. I need prayer. And I remember sitting under a teaching one day and, and um, the lady that was speaking I say to me, but it was a group, but it was so impactful that it it felt like she was talking directly to me. She's like, a lot of you think you're possessed. (laughs) And I'm like, what? You know, so that's why I say she was talking to me, even though she was talking to a a big group. She's like, a lot of y'all think y'all possessed and because you can't pray. And she was like, it's not possession. It's not the enemy. It's lack of discipline, right? You haven't built your prayer muscle. You haven't built your ability to concentrate and focus in on one thing. And man, did that free me. Gosh, I was like, oh my goodness. And so from then, you know, I just, I started to build on it, build on it. But needless to say, back to the retreat I was really really pleased with the ability there to pray and pray for long stretches of time and not be bored in the prayer right because I think we if if you're like me I remember being a child and being at my mom's prayer I mean like not my mom's but at my church but you know feeling like I was just going to watch my mom pray Um, feeling like I was just going to watch my dad pray because after two, three sentences, right? It's like, what else am I saying? You call a prayer point, you read the scripture and I'm praying that, right? And there's only so many permutations of that prayer I can pray. You know, there's only so many ways I can pray that in a different way, you know, using synonyms, using different words. And, and again, this was my understanding then. And, and I will, I'll be honest to say, even up until not too long ago, I had that same mindset. And so going into something like this, where we're praying for hours on end, that, that typically would have scared me and, and quite honestly, discouraged me from actually even going because yeah, what's the point? We're praying 
for all these for these lengths of time and 75% of those times my mind is wandered and so it starts to make me feel like well Lord are you even hearing what I'm saying am I even reaching you are my prayers bouncing off the ceiling and him coming back down to me or are they actually rising to you on your throne so that you can hear now granted we know that the Lord hears us right and so the the whole um analogy of them bouncing off the ceiling is 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 only an analogy um but that that's where my mind was so needless to say at this retreat where we're praying and I'm actually able to pray now did my my mind wander yes it did okay so I don't want you to think that all of a sudden just like that my mind stops wandering and now I'm locked in no it wanders but then you're able you know again that's part of that muscle that 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 the, the preacher was telling who who I feel like was talking to me was talking about that's part of the muscle that you have to build and if you're not constantly building it then it will get week just like if you come out the gym for a month for two weeks by the time you go back you're going to feel it it's going to be so painful um, until again you get it back in your repertoire and so prayer is one of those things that you build and you have to continue to build so that you know you continue to build that muscle and if there is any moment or any stretch of time where you don't um exercise it then you you'll have to you know build it up again um in the same way but the retreat was amazing and I was really like wow lord the ability to pray like that we started off of course the first night was about repentance and one of the things I'll say real quick I always (laughs) I'm not supposed to be going into this but one of the things that was so um touching to me was we watched this video and and yeah, if you're interested in the video, just let me know, DM me or something and I'll, or send me an email and I'll get to, I'll send it to you. But the preacher in the video, we watched the video as a group, as a congregation, and the preacher in the video was talking about how he had a really difficult time pressing into the presence of the Lord. He he was doing all these things. It was a preacher out of Uganda. He was doing all these things and doing mighty things in, for the Lord um, in the country of Uganda, Kampala, Uganda, to be specific. And you know, all over the place, setting people free, healings, deliverances, evangelism galore, all these things. And then one day he wakes up and he's, he has a hard time praying. And I mean, there's more to the story, but I'm just going forward. He has a really hard time praying. He, no matter what he does, he can't press into the presence. And that's part of what I'm talking about. When you've built a muscle, you it's um, it's like muscle memory. You know, like, wait, by, by this point in my prayer, I should be at this point, right? I should be reaching this point or um, I know I'm not pressing into the presence and you'll know it again because of muscle memory, because you've done your part to build your prayer muscle. So now you know what it should feel like. So it's just like going to the gym. If I go to the gym and I come out and I don't feel this particular type of way, then I didn't work out the way that I should. And it's the same thing with every single time you step into the presence of God to pray. So coming back to the story, this pastor is having a hard time praying and he knows he's not pressing in. He's doing all the things. He's praying the prayer points, praying the word of God. He's speaking in tongues or praying in the spirit. He's doing all of these things um, and he's still on the outskirts. He cannot press into the presence of God. And so over a series of time and time and time and getting advice and counsel from other people, his team members, etc. Um, after a, a, a long while, the Lord finally ministers to him that I, you are not pressing into my presence because of your 
sin. And so the, the, the man is led to now start repenting and repenting. And as he's repenting, he's still not able to get into the presence of God. And, and so he goes back like, Lord, this is not working. I'm repenting. I'm, t- I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness of the things that I've done, the, for the things that I've said, the places I've gone and things like that. And the Lord was like, I'm not asking you you know, for, you can't, don't ask me for repentance for the things you've done. Ask me for repentance for the way you are. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. I was like, wow. You know, that emoji with the blown head, half of the head is blown off. That was me at that moment. Because as believers, right, myself included, when I go to the Lord, of course, we start with repentance and prayer. At least let me say I start with repentance and prayer. And we can, maybe that's one of the things we'll do soon is talking about prayer. But when I start with repentance and oftentimes that repentance just looks like, Lord, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but forgive me, have mercy. Right. And it's, and the only thing that comes to my mind are the things that I've done. And if you, and if you want extra credit, so to speak, then you pray for the things you haven't done. Right. Oh Lord, I should have prayed more. I should have gotten into my word. I should have, um, gone to that service that I just didn't go to, or should have, uh, woken up at 3am. Like I told you I would to pray. So sometimes, you know, we, we will remember to pray for the things we should have done that we didn't do. And that's really the extent of it. Right. Or we start to go to other things or forgive the nations, forgive America, forgive my, the body of Christ, you know, all of those things. Right. So after you've thought, thought through what you've done wrong or what you failed to do, that would have been right then you go to other things. And that, that was me. Right. Um, but then when the Lord ministers to this pastor, like, no, it's not about what you've done or not done. It's about the way you are. Gosh. And I remember a a message I heard long time ago, definitely probably if not two decades ago or, or probably 20 something years ago where a pastor, a friend of mine was preaching to a Bible study that I was at. And he's like, sin is not an action. Sin is a condition of your heart. And a lot of times we don't realize that our hearts are bent towards sin. And it doesn't mean you're actively in sin, right? Because you'll say, oh, well, I haven't committed adultery or fornication. I haven't masturbated or looked at pornography. I haven't, um, I haven't done any of these things. Um, and so I think I'm okay, but it's like, no, no, no. The condition of your heart, the way you are, is that pleasing before the Lord? Whether you sleep, whether you sleep and lay on your bed all day, nothing, do, doing nothing, watching nothing, right? The way you are, the condition of your heart, is that pleasing to the Lord? And so the Lord literally took this man from one level of understanding around repentance to another. And once he began to say those things before the Lord and, and, and ask the Lord, right, to cleanse his thoughts and his mind and all of these things, again, that I think we, we as believers, we kind of shy away from or just don't even realize are a thing then he was able to press into the presence of God and so that's how the whole retreat started needless to say that was a beautiful way to start the retreat because all of us were able to get to a place of repentance whether you've done things or not um and I don't mean it to say like I'm so righteous because I'm not um in any way hello I am 
oh my goodness anyway I told y'all about my mind in some episodes ago like my mind is really the thing that keeps me in front of the Lord all the time the things that the thing that makes me know I have to live in repentance or else I will man disqualify myself because of the things that cross my mind so needless to say it was a beautiful way to start the retreat and then that was day one and then day two was the 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 we, there were more teachings again that I'll get into later. Um, but that's where we started to pray for those beautiful stretches. Oh my goodness. The whole weekend was beautifully exhausting. Gosh, we would leave the auditorium like 1am and be expected back at seven and at 7am what's happening prayer. And it was one of those things where you just realize, Hey, I need not miss any of this. Number one, because it's so short, right? It's not like it was a week program. It was a literally a weekend program and not even a full weekend, kind of like 20, 48 hours. If you really think about it or less, actually less than 48 hours. Um, cause I think we started 6 p.m. Thursday and we left one one o'clock Saturday so it's not even 48 hours um and so it was one of those things where you just knew hey I need to be at every session yes I'm tired <laughs> oh my gosh yes I could use more sleep oh man I snoozed so many times one day I just like I had to jump up out of the bed like okay if I don't force myself I am going to sleep through the first session um but it was it was beautifully exhausting um beautiful because I was so impacted but exhausting because yeah when you sleep at one or you know when you dismiss at one you can't sleep till like two um and then you're back in there at seven which means you wake up at six at the at the latest you know needless to say you are you are tired but you're so fed in your spirit that you don't feel it and that's why you know, it's, it's moments like that where the Bible comes alive, right? Where where man shall not live by bread alone. And that was another aspect because we were fasting too. And so typically you didn't, we didn't eat until we got back to our rooms at one o'clock, you know, or, well, I guess different people were doing different things, but that's kind of where we were. Me, my family, not my children, but me and my husband, we weren't eating until the, the evenings. Um, and so, you know, your spirit, so your body's tired, your body is hungry. Um, but man, your spirit feels like it could go on for miles and miles. So after the prayer retreat and everything, I was just like, now I am ready. And so the prayer retreat was at the end of January. And so, um, if you're following me on Instagram, you saw that I came back right with a, with a post to say I'm back and here we are in February and I am, Oh man, I am elated, right? I am expectant. I cannot wait to see what the Lord does with this year. Um, I am on cloud nine. I don't even know truly what that reference is. Um, I need to look that up. But I am truly, truly, truly living in the clouds with Jesus. Oh man, I only come down here for a little bit, right? I, that's that's At least that's the way I feel. So we are rounding up hope. And I kind of already touched on the the point that I wanted to make. Um, And I'll say it again. Hope, my pastor says, hope, well, faith begins where the voice of God begins. And because faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? I also believe that hope begins where the word of God begins. And there's a difference between the word of God as in the Bible and the word of God as in the word of God to you. There is a difference between what the Lord speaks to me, right? Some people will call it Rhema. 
So it's like a word in season, a word for me for today right now. So, so an example, like an example would be, um, if I opened up the word and I just so happened to be in Exodus chapter 20, the, the 10 commandments, and I hit on, um, um, thou shalt not commit murder. That's the word of God, right? And I believe that every word that, that, that is in the Bible has, has application for me, the believer, but at the same time, thou shalt, thou shalt not commit murder is not necessarily speaking to anything that I'm going through right now. It's just the word that I read. Now I can dig in and say, Lord, speak to me and blah, blah, blah. But, but, but that's really just what it is. The word that I just read as opposed to, Hey, I am in the midst of a financial crisis right? And I come across Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want that is now Rhema. That's, that's the word that I need in this moment for me, right? Especially when you come across it, not like you go, you, you, you go through your concordance and you say, and you look through all the scriptures that deal with financial prosperity. And so you look through the list and you read each one and then you pick one. Now, again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. And I think that at the very least, that's something we all could do with the situations that we're dealing with, right? Put, put, put the battery pack of the word of God on it, on your situation so that now you ignite your faith and you're able to pray through. But there is a difference between the word of God, the letter, right? Which is what, what is called the letter of the word of God and Rhema word specifically for me. And so one thing we have to understand, right? When, it, when we are trying to activate hope is I need the Lord to speak. And that's the reason why I went away for the month of January, simply because I know I need the Lord to speak. And so I'm saying to you, what, what situation in your life do you need hope in? Is it for the year 2024? Is it for the marriage I'm believing God for? Is it for the baby I'm believing God for? Is it for the employment, the job, the career I'm believing God for? It could be so many different things, but what what you're waiting for, what you're, what you're hoping for needs to be invigorated and strengthened by the word of God. The word of God as in the letter, the word also, the word of God also as in the word he speaks to you. You cannot have hope or sufficient hope if your hope is just based off of thoughts of God is going to help me. God is not going to leave me. God's not going to let me fall, et cetera, et cetera. Like, like that's beautiful and that's great. But all it takes is for a stronger situation to arise to shake that thing down. Do you remember um, um, the story of the, I was, well, it's in the Bible too. I was going to say the three little pigs with the, the straw house, the, the one with, I think sticks, straw, and then bricks. Some, it was something like that. Lord, I'm too old. Anyway, if you remember that, of course, the, the, the wolf was able to blow the house down, right? The Bible also talks about the house that's built um, um, on the rock as opposed to uh, uh, that, that can withstand, right? The, the, the waves and the crashes of the waves, as opposed to the house that's built on sand, um, that's going to move with the current, just like water moves sand. And so it's, it's the same thing where if, if you don't have 
If your hope is not built on, oh man, that's a song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ um, and his righteousness. In other words, than the Lord, like my, my hope is built on him. And we can say that in theory and it actually not be what we're actually living. Because, oh yeah, my hope is built on the Lord. Well, what, what about that? Like, what about the Lord? What aspect? And so I'm telling you, if you are in, in invigorating or igniting hope in your life, whether it's for the year 2024 or any situation you're dealing with, get the word of God. And sometimes you can start with the letter, right? You can start by looking through your concordance and saying, what does the Lord say about marriage? What does the Lord say about somebody finding their spouse? Well, the Bible says that no one shall lack their mate. I believe that's in the book of Ezekiel. No one shall lack their mate. So you can start there and say, Lord, your word says no one shall lack their mate. But then now you have to press deeper in because that's still keeping you on the periphery. That's the letter, right? But Lord, what are you saying to me? about this situation. And then you press in. And once you have the word of God, once you have the word of God on your situation, I guarantee you, it gives you this man, this internal smile, like, listen, I can do this. I can do this. Why? Because the Lord has spoken to me. Luke chapter one, verse 45 says, and blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. And this is the the, um, exchange between Mary and Elizabeth. When when Mary came to visit Elizabeth and the Bible says that the baby within her leaped at the sight of Mary. So we know John, John the Baptist and Jesus. Um, But I love that verse. My pastor talked about that verse recently and it stuck out to me. I love that verse. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things spoken to her. So not only are you blessed because the things that you want come to pass, but you're blessed simply for believing that the things that you want are going to come to pass. And if that's not hope, then I don't know what is. Hope is that strong belief based on your knowledge of who God is, that the things you want are coming. And the Bible says here in Luke chapter one, verse 45, blessed are you. And I know it says she, but to my guys, it, it, it applies to you too. Blessed are you if you believe that the things spoken to you are coming to pass, which is why you need the word of God. You need it spoken to you. Now, does that mean that you're looking for an audible voice? No, but it does mean that it's not something, you know, there are scriptures that the Lord has given me that I know, like I was directed to find this scripture. Even recently I was praying, um, and the Lord sent me to a scripture and I'm like, Whoa, okay. You know, like this is not, and I just received the scripture and it's not even something, it's in Songs of Solomon. So, and that's not something that I'm in the habit of reading, right? I probably, I mean, I've read it through the book before, but yeah, it's about lovers, you know, I, anyway, I don't, I can count how many times I've read Songs of Solomon, right? But I knew he sent me there. And once I got to the scripture, I'm like, oh, okay. I know what you're trying to say. That's what I mean. So don't crack your brain trying to hear an audible voice or trying to have a dream or trying to have a vision. The letter, there's a difference between the letter and the word of God spoken to you, the rhema word. And they could both all be coming out of the word of God. But one is directed by him and the other typically is directed by you. You need a word. You need a word. In the book of... um, 
second Kings chapter four. If you get the chance, read from verse eight to verse 17. And it's a story about a woman um, that uh, Elisha came across and she she was just a, a very hospitable woman, very lovely woman. And she made provisions for Elisha all the time. And so after a while, she's just like, yeah, he comes by here. So, you know, she talks to her husband. She's like, you know, let's, let's, let's build him a room so that he, he doesn't have to interact with us. He can just go straight to the room, relax, eat, sleep, and then go about his ministry business. So she does that. And so Elisha one day calls her and he's like, you've been so painstakingly um, observant of us. And that, I got that actually from the, the Amplified version, verse um, 13. He says, and he said to Gehazi, say now to her, you have been most painstakingly and reverently concerned for us. What is to be done for you? And um, she's like, oh, I'm good. I'm here with my people. I have my family. I, there's not anything I need. And 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 so later, Elisha goes to Gehazi and is like, what can we do for her? And Gehazi says to her, she don't have no children, right? She's been married. Her husband is older and she has no children. And so Elisha calls her and he's like, at this season next time, man, I love this man of God. He's like, at this season, when the time comes around, you shall embrace the son. And she says to him, no, my Lord. Do not lie to your handmaid. And if you read that from the, 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 um, the, um, the, um, oh, what is it called? NLT, New Living Translation. She's like, don't, don't increase my hopes. Don't give me hope for this thing because she's been waiting for this child for so long. And so her hope has died. And she knows that if hope is alive, if hope is invigorated, gosh, now there's this expectation and where this expectation, faith comes. And when faith comes, gosh, the Bible says that with faith, it, you, it is possible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible, but with him, it is possible. So not only is my faith pleasing to you, but the, the, the reward that I'm looking for comes also. And that's pleasing to me, obviously, right? Anyway, so we back to the story. So she's like, don't get my hopes up. But of course, the word of God came forth and her hopes are already built up. And the Bible says, but the woman conceived and bore a son at that season following the year, as Elisha said to her, I'm telling you, get a word from the Lord, get a word. And I don't mean call your pastor and say, hey, I need a word. No, no, no. Get a word from the Lord. Now, can a word come from your pastor? Come through your pastor as the Lord? Absolutely. But I'm not telling you to go look for people, right? This woman wasn't looking for Elisha. Elisha looked for her. Begin to ask the Lord for a word, whether it's going to be from the word of God, you're going to have a dream, a vision, um, a, a, the preacher will say something to you, a, a friend will call you and say, hey, I was studying this and this is what ministered to me. And I just felt led to share that with you. However, the Lord is going to do it. Get a word. And once you have that word, I guarantee you that your faith will be that your hope will explode. And once your hope flow explodes, faith explodes. And once faith explodes, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. But your hope is perfected at the voice of the Lord. I'm telling you. And so you need a, a word. And so if you need to be like me, where you take 30 days away from social media, 30 days away from this, the this is and that's parties and the loudness and you get into the presence of God then do that. If it's 10 days, do that. If it's three days, do that. If it's incorporating fasting, do that. If it's not, do that. Whatever it takes, 
get a word from the Lord for that thing you're hoping for so that now it's invigorated. It comes alive. You set that thing on fire and you can run all the way through to 2024, 25, 26, whatever right for whatever you're believing God for and remember your faith which is the things hoped for right your faith pleases God just your faith not even the thing coming to pass just your faith is pleasing God and it's blessing you remember blessed is she who believed that the things spoken to her were coming to pass so get a word as, you, as we round up hope, get a word, get a word, get a word, get a word. Remember, all you need for life and godliness has been given. It's already given. It's already yours. It's already in you. I love you plenty, plenty, plenty. Mm-hmm.